Well, um, Catherine, do you want to go ahead and get us started with introducing Amy? Yeah, of course. Good morning, everybody who I haven't spoken to. Um, my name is Catherine Burke. I'm a committee member of the Natchitoches Young Professionals, and it's my pleasure this morning to introduce you guys to our speaker for this session, Amy Thibodeau. Amy Thibodeau has her MBA. Um, she is the president and CEO of the Acadia Parish Chamber of Commerce. Having served at the Chamber since 2011, Amy possesses a great deal of knowledge and experience in community and economic development, as well as public policy. She earned a baccalaureate and master's degree in business administration from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette and is currently completing requirements to become a certified Louisiana economic developer. Throughout her tenure at the chamber, Amy has led numerous initiatives like founding the concert series Greetings from Le Levy Park. Levy, gosh, I knew I was going to, I knew it, I knew I was going to question it. <laughs> Overseeing the merger of the Crowley Chamber and One Acadia into the Acadia Parish Chamber and winning Louisiana Chamber of the Year in 2014 and 2018. Amy serves as a well-respected leader in the business community across Louisiana, having served on state association boards, including the Louisiana Industrial Development Executives, Vice President of Louisiana Association of Chamber Executives, and an, and an inaugural member of Louisiana Association of Business and Industries Emerging Leaders Council. Residing in Crowley, Louisiana, Amy is married to Brandon and is the mother of Ethan, Farley, and Sarah. Please welcome Amy Thibodeau, everybody. Hey, good morning, guys. It's good to see you all. I'm going to go ahead and uh, start a screen share right here, and that way we can see what I'm seeing. Um, so, good morning. Welcome. Great to see you all today. Is that, it doesn't look like it's showing right. Can you see it, Maggie? So it's showing uh, in Canva right now, like in the Canvas screen, as opposed to the presentation screen. Yeah, I don't think it's going to let me look at my notes at the same time. Awesome. Glitches. It's cool. <laughs> um, so good morning. Uh, so yes, all those great things about me, which are always uncomfortable to hear. I guess your own kind of description is someone skewing you up. Um, yeah, I have a lot of experience in community and economic development. Um, obviously, our chamber is a nonprofit. So, um, yeah, we like to look at things from a uh, low cost perspective and maximize our dollar. Um, I, when we talked about titling this presentation, I guess I should have called Maggie back and told, told her it's champagne branding on a beer budget. Cause that's pretty much how I live my life. My husband calls me out all the time. He's like, why do you pick out the most expensive thing? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just have good taste. He's like, can you find the cheap thing? I'm like, no, no, I just can't. Um, so there's always a compromise and budget and spending in our household as well as in my organization. Uh, cause I always want the best and it's just, it's a natural inclination. I mean, call it what you will. Uh, but yeah, but promoting our community, promoting our organization is something that we do um, on a constant, consistent basis. Um, and it's the disclaimer, um, I am not a professional branding firm. Uh, there are people that do this. Um, this is coming from a perspective of someone who's actually had to go through the branding process from scratch um, to take something that was very old and bring it into something that's very new. Um, which was very interesting for us. Um, so yeah, let's talk about your brand and where we're going. Oh, is it gonna let me move over? There we go, I see it. 
Come on, little button. So I'm usually the one like organizing the presentations, not the one giving them. Huh, funny story. So uh, today we'll just kind of go through a couple basics because we can't talk about branding without talking about like kind of the whys behind it. Um, Cause you gotta do it right. I mean, I think if you're gonna do it, don't, don't halfway do it. Um, and I am a firm believer in you get what you pay for. Um, so if you pay zero, just don't expect the, the creme de la creme. You're gonna get, you know, what you expect. Um, but there's some really cool ways that you can market your business, market your personal brand. I think those are valid uh, options. Um, market your organization and really make yourself shine. Um, this photo right there, talking about downtown Crowley earlier. That's one of my favorite spots, which is the Rice Theater. Um, beautiful neon lights uh, shining in downtown, which is really cool. Um, so we're going to go over a couple basics today and then we'll go into kind of the hows and the whys and some tips, tricks, and ways you can leverage your organization and not spend a fortune. Um, so I really like this quote from Warren Buffett. Um, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. This is something that I think about regularly um, to be consistent, to be constant, to continue to hammer home um, your brand and what you stand for because uh, in five minutes it can all go away and I think this is even more important in today's times in social media and this um, instant society is that you could literally and I mean look at look at what's happening in the media today one tweet one message one image you can lose it all in less than five minutes these days it's you know one tweet <laughs> five minutes you're viral and the next thing you know you're fired um, so I think it's really important that we be conscious about what we're putting out there um, and be intentional. I think that's one of my favorite words, is be intentional with your messaging. Awesome. So just a um, kind of background about us and kind of what's going on. Um, so kind of as mentioned earlier, uh, One Acadia, which was an economic development group that was a nonprofit. And then we had the Crowley Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the two organizations were definitely moving in the same direction. And in June of 2018, both boards chose to do a merger of the two. So the Crowley Chamber was a 30 plus year Chamber of Commerce, had great roots in Crowley. And then one Acadia, which had been around for probably close to 10 years. And we put the two together and rebranded into the Acadia Parish Chamber of Commerce. So now we're a one-stop shop. We're both the Chamber and we're the EDO. Um, which has been a really great transition for us. Um, we began the rebranding process shortly after the merger, um, which was really interesting, something I had not experienced. Um, but we really wanted to create a thoughtful design that represented not only our organization, but our community. Um, and after several months of working with the firm Prejean Creative, who is hands down one of my favorite uh, branding firms, um, we came up with the logo that you see right there. Uh, we're really pleased with the final products. We find it's thoughtful, it's intentional, it, it represents our community. And if you don't know anything about Acadia Parish, um, you can see the little kind of icon in the middle. That's, it's supposed to be rice, but I'll let you interpret it as you wish. Um, some people said they see hands, uh, kind of hands holding the little uh, plant of whatever it may be. Some people say they see a traffic cone. I don't know what you see, um, but the graphic on the inside is something that was hand drawn by myself and a colleague. Uh, so we had a, a personal touch in creating that logo itself. 
Um, but we've been on this journey since 2018 to rebrand both organizations into this new brand of uh, Katy Parish Chamber of Commerce. Um, so it's only two years in its existence. So we have a long way to go to uh, bring it up and continue to kind of give it some love and let it flourish some more. The rebranding process was definitely not an easy one, um, especially when you're taking something that's been in existence for over 30 years and then trying to not get rid of it, but you're trying to kind of put it aside and say, this is the new, the new direction. This is the new wave that we're going. So uh, yeah, here we are, Acadia Parish Chamber of Commerce. It's been a really fun transition, um, but building on this new, new stool has been really fun. Let me see if I can get over. If I don't, just let me like. There we go. So, just a few basics about branding. Um, we'll talk about marketing branding in a couple different ways. Um, talk about your brand identity. It's it's the part of your brand that shows up before you do. It's the message and intent behind. It's the visual representation, the feeling people get when they see your, your logo, your brand, your company. But there's so many parts and pieces that happen into it. Um, you can see right here, there's a number of different identities that go into it. I mean, the corporate culture of your company, your vision, your mission, your language, what it looks like, what sort of writing and content you're putting around your brand, your logo, um, and everything. It's kind of all encompassing. So, um, I do a gut check every now and then on our own brand is, you know, does it match? Is it consistent? Is this the messaging we want to put out? Um, and being very conscious about that decision. Because if we just kind of willy-nilly throw things out there, people get confused and mixed messaging. And that's the last thing that we really want to do is for people to be confused about who we are. So I often joke that we put on blinders. Um, so I'm like, put on the blinders. What, what does this mean for us? Is this, is, does this match what we want it to do? Is this say we support business because it's a chamber of commerce? That's, that's our goals. I mean, the goals of your company will obviously be something different. Um, but if you're, you know, a dress shop and then start talking about things on the other side, it just, you just don't want to confuse people as to who you are. So if you make that messaging very consistent, um, very intentional, I think you'll, you'll be really proud of kind of the message you're putting out there. Basics. So just a few keys so as you're building a brand. Um, be consistent. Um, be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. I can't say it over and over. Um, we use our logo and a brand in a way that we constantly hammer it back to people. And I'll show you a few examples of that later in the presentation. Um, our messaging is constant. It's, it's very focused. Um, and as you're building a brand, it's really important that you take that focus. Um, not only did I work through branding my organization, our partners over at One Acadiana did a rebrand in 2015. And we were, well, I and a couple of colleagues were very involved in that process. Um, and we just kind of, just over and over, putting the brand and logo out there in a way that we just very consistent, very constant. Um, so in order for people to trust you, they feel like they have to know you. And in order for them to know you, they need to know and recognize, you know, who you are and remember you. In order for them to remember you, they got to show, you got to show them a way that you're being consistent. So be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. Like I can't say it enough. Um, we put our logo in places that just kind of sneak up and they're subtle, but 
they constantly show up and they're constantly around our messaging and things that we're working on. Um, also, if you guys have questions, like just chat me or chat Maggie and we'll get some questions going. Uh, I don't want to be the lecturer for the next hour. <laughs> um, customization. Customize your logo and your brand to your customers. Um, one size fits all is completely gone. You know, if you're doing eblast, make sure that first line says dear name. Um, it's an extra step that is time intensive, but it's worth it. Um, when you're calling your customers one by one or emailing them that they feel like you've gone out of your way to tailor their experience to them, you're going to have a much better customer experience. Um, and we do this in our own organization. Our emails are tagged to certain communities. So as we're representing a lot of small communities in the parish, we talk about, you know, there's something specific happening in Church Point. We're not emailing everyone about that content. We're emailing a small group of people and we're customizing that content for them. So I think gone are the days of, you know, just e-blast and sending out a list of large people and I call it the shotgun approach. Don't, don't shotgun it. Be intentional. Um, your time is valuable, as is your clients. So go ahead and make sure it's special to them. And I think that's how you really build a good customer relationship. Brain authenticity is something that I think we've been talking about a lot. And I think I might even modify that word into thoughtfulness. Because um, you can be authentic. I mean, I find, you know, Donald Trump to be authentic, but it's not always <laughs> the best messaging. It comes off sometimes a little abrasive and just a little rough around the edges. But be thoughtful about the people you serve. Um, be thoughtful about your clients. Um, be reliable. Be respectful. Be real. Um, and nowadays, I think people can sniff out the fakeness um, a lot more quickly than we ever have before. So don't try and be something you're not um, because people will pick it out and that will ruin your brand credibility. Um, yeah, and the more uh, authentic and reliable you tend to be, the more profitable you are. So be who you are, don't try and be something you're not. Um, I think that's a great message. Uh, here's some, uh, some proof, proofs in the pudding, right? These are some of my favorite brands, um, Apple, I mean, Clearly, I can have a regular watch, but instead, I need an Apple watch. Um, it's just one of those brands. I mean, I can have a regular computer, uh, a PC, and get away with just a few hundred dollars, but instead, I choose to have all my devices linked across my iPad, my watch, my iPhone, and now my Mac. Um, but it's definitely, a, I feel like it's sometimes a status symbol. I mean, Apple's just one of those brands that you feel real cool when you have it. Um, and one of my favorite, 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 favorite all-time videos um, especially when talking about branding and company is Simon Sinek, Start With The Why. If you've not seen Start With The Why, write it down, go Google it. Um, it's a TEDx that Simon did. Um, and when you're thinking about your brand and he talks about Apple, it's that Apple starts with the why. They never lead with, it's a computer. They lead with, it's a cool computer that makes you feel better. And, you know, just the essence of Apple, um, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, go check out Simon's video. I mean, Amazon, uh, the little smile, it makes me smile. Um, I think the only person that doesn't smile when boxes show up in my front door from Amazon is my husband. Um, but for the most part, Amazon, the little smile on the inside is really cool. I mean, you can call it an arrow. I call it a smile. Um, 
because Amazon makes us happy. They deliver goodies whenever uh, you get that box at your front step. Um, yeah, and it's a really cool company all, all the way around. I think people give Amazon some bad rap, but um, my husband's a Amazon vendor, so we love Amazon in this house. Um, they've been really supportive of small businesses. And then Coca-Cola, I mean, there's nothing more traditional than the Coca-Cola brand. And when I think about Coca-Cola and that logo, just, especially right now in summertime, you think of all those cool commercials that they've always had, just, just have a Coke, have a, you know, it's just so breezy and airy. And I think that's kind of the feeling that it evokes. And that's, that's branding. That's, it's the feeling you get from a logo or a brand before you even think about the product. Um, and these are obviously some really large examples. And this is what we strive to. Um, these are pinnacles. These are multi-generational brands that I think we're all hoping to get there. If we get halfway there, I think we're all doing really great. Um, but they've been really consistent in their branding. They've been consistent in their messaging. Um, we've all had missteps, but I think those are a few really great brands that I just love to talk about and think about. Hey, Amy, we have a question. Sure. She says, uh, oh, how can I scroll up here? Okay. What is your approach to consistent messaging as far as language that accompanies your branding? I'm thinking along the lines of advertising, social media, print ads, etc. Yeah, be consistent across all platforms. Whatever you're saying in one, make sure you're saying in all. Um, we do this quite a bit, um, is that whenever we do blog posts or content, whatever we send to the newspaper is what we put on our blog, which is what we share on Twitter, which is what we share on Instagram, which is what we share on Facebook, which is what we share on LinkedIn. Um, all the messaging is very consistent across all the platforms. Um, and the language that you're using, I mean, make sure it's language that's indicative of your own brand. If you're selling, um, gosh, I don't know, don't go with, I mean, I do this all the time, is that I will actually modify some of the language that we're using. And I don't mean dumb it down, but I mean to make it more user-friendly. So when we're having community-written articles that I want everyone to read, I'm not going to use my business jargon. I'm going to use my very plain language so that everyone can understand it and read it. But it's always indicative to the message I'm putting out. So if I want to write an article about PPPs and banking and interest rates, that's one thing, and that's meant for my business people, uh, but that's tailored towards the CEO. But when I'm writing for the community and community articles, I'm using a different language. So whatever we do, it's consistent, but it's also tailored to the customer. And again, going back to customize your message to the people you're talking to. So I added some local, did that answer the question? I think so. Um, I have a, kind of a follow-up question with that too. Um, hashtags are you using the same hashtags across all platforms how often do you use hashtags and are your hashtags personalized or are you using general wording for hashtags i'm lazy about hashtags um i'll be honest i'm lazy about them my colleague um you guys can go ahead and look her up Catherine shade duncan she's fantastic she's working at uh lake charles cvb right now look i see kelly said that she's awesome um, I'm going to take half the credit and tell you all that the reason she's awesome is because she worked with us and we kind of like put her, we put her in the right lane, but she knew where she was going. And Catherine was the master at social media and hashtags. Um, but hashtags are awesome because whenever, whenever you populate enough of them and people go to search that particular hashtag, um, it works. Um, so hashtags I follow on Instagram or hashtag South Louisiana. 
hashtag NOLA dining because I'm always going to New Orleans and looking for the next best restaurant or what's the cool spot. Um, it just depends and you just want to make sure that you're populating enough content and that people are using it. Um, but like hashtag Acadia Parish, anytime something pops up, for me it's usually some photographers tagged us in some really beautiful image. I'm like, awesome, I can share that. That's content for me now. But yeah, I, I do like hashtags because the way they index everything, it puts a specific sort of marker on that particular piece of content and it's there in perpetuity. When people go to search it or search that hashtag, it, it's, it's all indexed together, which is, I really like that. And there's no other way to pull content across multiple platforms like that. Because, I mean, you'll pull from LinkedIn, you'll pull from Facebook, you'll pull from Twitter. It'll just populate everything if you do a Google search of hashtag whatever. So I like them. I'm just lazy about using them. Um, but Catherine was the, the queen at it. Um, love her. Yeah, so a couple of local brands that I happen to really love. Um, Urban South. Um, if you don't know, Urban South is a really cool brewery over in New Orleans that just opened a Houston, Texas location. And I think the juxtaposition is really cool because their New Orleans brand is very classic, very Southern, um, as are the beers that they're brewing there. They're very classic, you know, some ales and, you know, basic things and they match. Um, but then you look at their Houston, Texas brand and it is edgy and funky and different. Um, so I think that's a really great example of a company taking a very classic brand and then moving into a second line and having it kind of juxtapose kind of what they're already doing. Uh, very cool for them. Uh, the guy who runs it is actually close to us, so I have a, a special affinity for Urban South. Um, Louisiana's favorite brand, Tabasco. Um, it's consistent. It's classic. It's seen all over the world. I think, again, this goes back to generations of just hammering at home. Tabasco, I mean, you see the green and red, and you're like, yep, peppers, mm -hmm, that's spicy. I mean, people just kind of know already, like, you know, Tabasco and what it is what it is. Um, and it's really hard to deny, like that's really one of the top brands coming out of Louisiana um, for generations. Um, it was funny, we're talking about downtown Lafayette. Spoonbill is one of the latest restaurants to open in downtown Lafayette. Um, Spoonbill is fantastic. They nailed it. They nailed it, they nailed it, they nailed it. Um, if you look at their logo, you're like, wow, that's really cool, that's refreshing, it's light. When you walk into the restaurant, you feel the same thing that this logo is telling you. It's incredible. There's paintings on the wall of roseate spoonbills. Um, the interior's got this green tile and there's some shades of pink and lots of wood on the inside. You sit outside in the planter boxes, there's these grasses. So when the wind blows, you feel like you're sitting in the middle of the swamp and just like, it's just all so immersive, um, which is really cool. It's very consistent in branding. So their messaging is very kind of all-encompassing. Um, everything they're putting out on social media also kind of matches. Um, and I like that. I like that consistency because it really just lets people know where you are um, and where you're going. But yeah, so they got nominated for a James Beard this year for their design. So I'm really proud of them. Um, great friends. Love them. That's, it says watering hole. That's probably, that's my watering hole, actually. Um, so... So you got a brand, you're redesigning your logo, and you're like, what do I do now? So these are a few tools that I think are low-cost, efficient ways to get you and get your brand out there. Obviously, you want to use some sort of design to put your graphics together. Canva, I know Maggie and I have talked about this already. Canva is freaking awesome. Obviously, you saw my cheat. 
this whole presentation was designed in Canva. Um, it is user-friendly. There are templates that work. Um, save yourself some time. Just use Canva. Um, you don't need to hire a designer. My designers are going to kill me for saying that because I'm supposed to support all, I mean, they just work on bigger jobs for me. But on this day-to-day -day content, you know, a 4th of July post, I'm just going to use Canva. I'm not going to call somebody to design that for me. Um, and then you can set your, like, branding colors in there. Obviously, these colors are the colors that Prejean gave us to match our logo. Um, and you'll see that kind of being consistent across the rest of the presentation. Um, but Canva is just fantastic. And I will say that we are super users. We've actually upgraded to the paid version because we just got tired of paying a dollar here and a dollar there for graphics. So we gave up. We just, we just went in, we did it, uh, and we bought it. But I think it was only like two, $300 for the whole year, which, I mean, to us was nothing because we, we couldn't share across two people in designing. Um, but my colleague, Megan, does most of our design for us in Canva. Um, I really like Pixlr 2, Pixlr for photo, kind of Photoshopping stuff. Um, it's, it's akin to an actual like Photoshop, but it's a free version. So, um, yeah, go ahead and use that as you're editing images. Um, some people just use like an Instagram or something like that. It's up to you. Um, but what I love that Catherine did for us, cause she's a professional photographer on top of her real job. Um, she's fantastic. <laughs> See, Kelly knows Kat. Um, her photos are beautiful. And what she did, and we got so spoiled when Kat was with us, is that every single photo had Kat's filter. I don't know what Kat's filter is. Kat won't tell me what her filter is. That's her proprietary information. But every single photo was so consistent that when you saw images coming out of our organization, they were beautiful and you knew they were gonna be beautiful and they're very consistent. So pick a filter, make it yours, make all your photos look very consistent. I think that's another good message. Um, use good photos too. Um, don't be afraid to partner with a local photographer, barter, trade, whatever it takes, but get your organization great photos. And of course, when you're designing, Adobe is still the king, the king of design. Um, I'll tell you a little secret. If you know a student, get the student version. My like very last three weeks of grad school, I went in and bought the whole creative suite, which was totally a smart move. Um, I think I spent maybe three or $400 instead of the 1600 that the entire package was. So little cheat there, but um, do it if you can. Um, so now I have all the disks for CS6, which was a long time ago, but it's still functional. But we've upgraded to the Creative Cloud, um, which I really love because everything is, there's like one Creative Cloud photo across all my devices. So whether I'm designing on my Mac and then I ship things over to my iPhone, I'm uploading to Instagram, everything's in one, one space. I'm all about ease and efficiency. And if I can, if I can use technology to get me there, hands down, I'm going to do it. Um, and you should too. Your time's valuable. Um, video. I think video is going to be king for a while now. Um, I think the pandemic probably pushed that over the edge a little more than I thought it would. Um, there's, I have friends all over the nation, you know, chamber friends who are doing daily like updates. And I was like, how do you get so many views and just being very consistent? Um, video because people want to see your face because we miss humans right now. You know, we're all in lockdown. So 
I think people like to see videos. They like to see faces. Um, and actually the new Facebook algorithm is going to be um, preferring video content. So I'm not a fan of videos. I'm lazy about hashtags and I don't like seeing myself on a video. So um, I've not kind of full-fledged made that jump, but I wholeheartedly uh, think it's something that organizations should consider. Uh, great apps to use for video editing, Adobe Spark, Animoto. Don't sleep on iMovie. Um, if you're on an iPhone, iMovie is probably one of the best to kind of edit, clip, cut, add your logo on top of a video, and again, make that branding really consistent. And do everyone a huge favor. Get a tripod. No one wants to look at a video up your nostrils. Um, I happen to prefer the Smooth. Um, the Smooth has a little button where it rotates the screen. Um, we've used it for concerts and outdoor functions. It stabilizes the pictures as you're walking around with the tripod. You're not watching the bouncing video, which I will immediately walk away from because I will be nauseous in the first 30 seconds. So do everyone a favor, get a tripod um, and get a mic if you can. If you're doing like an outdoor video and the wind's blowing, we can't hear you. We just, we can't hear you. Um, we hear the wind, we hear the birds chirping. Um, mics are cheap. I bought one on Amazon for 20 bucks. Um, that's a really cheap way to kind of upgrade your videos and people can actually hear you. I think a lot of people aren't, they're just using their iPhones, which is cool. And I mean, I've seen so many, but they're like right here with their iPhone. I'm like, I see your nose. Give me a better, a better picture. Um, Maggie's laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, we've, we've all seen those, but do videos, uh, promote your brand through video. Um, my husband has an outdoor company that he makes, um, like four wheeler tie downs and toe straps and all those fun things. Um, they use a lot of videos and it works for them. Um, so we made all the content, but the end goal to make some money. Uh, no one goes into business to lose money. We want to make money. Um, always think of your website as the house that you come back to. Your website is the place where all your content goes. Um, be it blog content, um, social content. You can always have everything in your website. If you don't have a website, build one. It's not hard. I guarantee you it's not hard. I've built two and I'm not a genius rocket science or computer coder. If I can do it, you can too, I promise. I prefer to use the platform Wix. I've built two websites on Wix. I love it. It's user-friendly. Um, and it's 2020. If you don't have a website, what are you really doing? Get yourself a website. Um, and if you don't have one, build it. Wix is super cheap. I think there's a free version. I think I did the paid version and in less than $250, I had my Rotary Club up with a beautiful template and photos. And now we have a space that's on the internet that people can actually find us. Um, SEO is super important. Don't forget about it. Keywords are key. That's real. Um, your keywords are the, the, the search engine love kind of back to those hashtags. Like that's how they get back to your website. Um, search engines really like keywords because it gives them a better direction to find your website and your content. Um, blog content talk like you're an expert in something. I don't, I don't know what each of you do. I think Kelly's in tourism. I think I heard that yesterday, but I mean, you're an expert in your community, write about it, share that knowledge, um, share your expertise. 
I think we're in a very much of a shared culture. I liked Brent's presentation yesterday talking about the nexus um, and giving, um, be giving of your expertise. And then by way of that, people will find you and they'll be like, oh, clearly they know what they're talking about. Whether you're a financial advisor or a banker or I don't know, the local artist, you're an expert in something. Share that expertise and share that knowledge. Firm believer in uh, give, 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 and then ask on the last one, and then guarantee you you'll you'll close that deal every time. Um, focus on analytics. It's kind of the the path to where you're going. I, being a very analytical human, probably spend more time looking at analytics than I should. It's okay though. Um, that's me. I want to know where are people coming from. How are they finding me? What's working? What's not working? Um, Obviously, people last year had a love of finding chambers of commerce and what's going on. Kat wrote an article, you know, what is a chamber of commerce from a millennial perspective? That hit like 20 or 30,000 people across the nation. I was like, what did you do? Um, and then we saw all the traffic come in and it was literally traffic from all over the nation just until with this one particular article that we had written. So that was kind of cool to watch those numbers and how that happened. But on a consistent basis, I want to know what are people looking for? Um, how are they finding my website? What keywords are they typing in? And through your Google Analytics, which is just a simple piece of code that you embed into your website, that doesn't cost you anything either. That's free. Um, and then I'm not as well versed on the Facebook pixel, but a lot of my small businesses use this for conversions from Facebook onto their website, and it tracks um, kind of what they're selling. So those are really cool options to kind of use your website, don't sleep on it. If you don't have one, get to it. Sorry. It's 2020. We got to get there, y'all. Oh, and we can't have a presentation about branding without talking about. Yeah, Maggie, I see you in there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had a question that someone asked if you could share that article with us after the presentation about the Millennial Chamber of Commerce perspective. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to share that. Thank um, you. Very well written by Catherine, but uh, it was it was R and D from another chamber, and we put our own spin on it. By R and D, I mean rip off and duplicate, which is completely fine in chamber world. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think anyone should go and sometimes when you start with content from zero, it's a little more challenging. But when you've kind of got a framework of something somebody else already written, you're like, oh, okay, I like the gist of this, but I'm gonna make it work for me. Um, we use that for a lot of our blog content and I'm, I'm not shy about it. Um, and in the nonprofit world, it's kind of common, commonplace for us to just kind of like scrape something and then tweak it. But yeah, so you've got all this great content and this is, this is the vehicle. Um, not only is your website a great vehicle, but social media. I hate to say it, but it's still the best bang for your marketing dollar. Uh, don't go crazy with it either. Um, now with targeting and getting really specific with your ad placement, you can literally drop a pin on the head of your customer and they're right there. Um, five bucks goes a long way. I find so many of my small businesses are really intimidated by uh, social media advertising. And I'm just like, just spend $5. See where it goes. Spend $5. For five bucks, you can reach a couple thousand people that you would have spent an ad in the newspaper for minimum 250, 500, more. It depends on where you are in a newspaper world, but that's, that's printed content that lasts one day. You can't change it. So if you have a typo, it's, 
it's stagnant, you're stuck. Um, social media and digital advertising is flexible. You don't like it, you can change it. Um, it's temporary. I mean, you should make your brand more consistent, but if you don't, if it's not working, change it. And social media is such a great tool to kind of get you out there. There's no denying that everyone is on social media. I would say pick your channels wisely. Um, not everyone needs to be on all of these. Uh, I think that's kind of the overwhelming part for a lot of business owners is they think they just, they got to do Twitter. Da, 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 da. Like, no, 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 no. Pick the one that's right for you. Know where your customers are. Um, I think that's really important. If you're doing B2C and you're selling products in a local boutique, obviously Instagram and Facebook are going to be two spots you want to be on. If you're a business doing B2B business, definitely think a little bit more about Twitter and LinkedIn. So it just depends on what you do and where your customers are. Um, and I think you need to identify that. Um, be wary about the Snapchats and the TikToks. Um, I'm still not a fan of those. Personally, I find them fun. Professionally, I just don't think brands and businesses are ready for that. Um, Snapchat did the geo filters. Those were cool for a while. Depending on where you are, you could do the geo filter and then you were like, your brand was up there. Those got really expensive really fast, depending on how big of a location you were looking at. Um, yeah, but stick to the basics. Most people are on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And then as we're talking about video, YouTube is definitely going to be another big player. Okay, don't sleep on these guys. Um, local partnerships, going to give a shout out to my local chamber of commerce. They exist to promote your business. That's the whole reason they're there. They exist to promote the local business community. They exist to promote your small business. And if you're really, really nice to them, they'll probably talk about you. Um, membership is usually incremental, incremental. Um, I've seen chambers across the nation and different price, price points. When you average that over a monthly fee, it's, it's silly small. Um, but when you start to get into different membership packages, you can really kind of blow your brand up uh, by using your chamber of commerce, especially if you're trying to reach business owners. Um, if you're trying to find the CEO and the decision maker, the chamber knows who they are. Uh, if you're a small business and you're selling smoothies and health products, partner with the gym. That's low cost, low hanging fruit for you to blow your brand up. Um, it's kind of a no brainer. And in fact, I have to mention this to small businesses all the time. I'm like, oh, you're the health company. Did you call the gym lately? And they're like, huh? I'm like, yeah, they, they have the clients you need. So you two need to work together. Um, so I always encourage local partnerships, um, depending on what your brand is. Uh, but in small towns and small communities, especially in Louisiana, I think we're all, we're all in it together. So usually if you ask the local guy down the street to help you out, they're going to do it. Um, free stuff, not you, them. Um, promo items are really cool. Uh, that they take your brain out pretty far. I mean, I'm looking around kind of my house. I'm like, oh God, all these things that we have. Uh, we go to conferences and stuff and we bring things home. If you're going to a mixer, call the host. Do you have koozies? If they don't, can I bring some? Sure. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of get your brand out there and have, again, that consistent messaging over and over. If you have a meeting with a client, send them a follow-up, um, a follow-up item. Uh, we do this quite a bit when we do kind of some of our bigger meetings is that we send cool things to them. And just as a thank you for visiting with us, um, here's a little token. Um, we send them something. 
write. So if you're writing content for yourself, offer to write guest content um, and put it on other people's blogs. If you call me and say, I have a great article, would you share it? I will say yes, because I struggle to find my own content. But if you're writing something for me, I will gladly take it. Um, I will use those hashtags that I don't like to use, but I will continue to tag you in it and it will have legs for days. Um, podcast, those are inexpensive. Um, starting a podcast in the, if you're a marketer or in like an actual marketing firm, those are hard. Don't teach people how to market. Those are like really difficult to start. But in every other niche market, if you know something about something, again, going back to blog content, this just happens to be the audio passive listening version. Um, I'm a huge fan of podcasts, Audible, um, anything I can listen to and not have to actively engage. And I think that's the case for a lot of people these days is that we're so busy. So for me, the half an hour in the morning that I'm getting ready, I'm usually listening to an Audible or a podcast just because I can hear those things and listen without, you know, using my hands or actively engaging in the actual content. So podcasts um, are really cool. I like those. And I like learning things. So I think people are the same way. They're always trying to refine their tools. So just a couple of examples of branding, kind of what we've done over the past couple of years. Sneaky, sneaky, our little logo makes it always end somewhere. Um, I love the little grand opening. We use the, the A in Acadia Chamber and the grand opening announcement. Um, again, I love this logo. It's very thoughtful. Um, I'm partial to it mainly because I kind of drew it myself. Um, but we always find a way to sneak it in, even if it's just kind of like a shadowed out in the corner. And we were very specific in asking for an icon because we knew we were going to use it across multiple platforms. Um, but our blog content is very consistent. Um, we always talk about community and business. And those are the two things we talk about. We don't like to talk about too many things else. We don't want to, you know, if it doesn't promote the community and if it doesn't promote business, we're probably not going to talk about it. Um, it's hard to tell people no, but sometimes it's important because that's our brand and it's our jobs to protect it. So I feel very um, guarded about those sort of things. And it sometimes hurts people's feelings when I have to tell them no, but it's my brand and I'm the, I'm the keeper of where it goes. Um, there's our website up there, katieparrishchamber.org. You'll see that our website's very consistent and all these images you saw today on the presentation are part of a, a portfolio of photos that we took a couple of years ago and we still get some really good legs out of them. Um, but they're all great images that reflect our community. Um, and again, as the, the business community organization, we wanna make sure that people know kind of what's happening in our community. All right, that's all I have. I'm so impressed. I was like, it's only going to be 20 minutes. It was not just 20 minutes, Maggie. I'm such a talker. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so if you're in Crowley, come see me. Come see our downtown. Uh, we're 11 North Parkerson Avenue. Um, big, beautiful yellow building. It's historic and pretty cool. I'm pretty sure there's a ghost in there, but we can talk about that later. Um, uh, shoot me a phone number. Text me. That's my cell. Everyone has my cell. Um, I'm probably gonna have to, once I leave the chamber, if I ever leave the chamber, I'm going to have to get another phone, um, because people call me, um, and especially during this whole pandemic, they've really reached out, um, with my cell phone. And then, uh, shoot me an email if you have any further questions after this, um, or questions today, whatever. Um, that's a lot of information. I was a little marketing 101, um, uh, which is my kind of 
my wheelhouse, but I love tools. I love technology and I love being efficient. I, my common phrase is I ain't got time for that. So I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to like dig things out. So I hope that you can use some of those tools that we shared today and not have to dig and use my kind of war wounds <laughs> to uh, help your brand go forth. Uh, Cause we've done a lot of research on what works and what doesn't. Amy, I have a question. When you were working on the rebranding of your logo, <laughs> excuse me, what, what are some things that kind of uh, rubbed you the wrong way about where you were and what you wanted to embody with the new thing? I mean, tell us a little bit about the process of what you wanted to get away from. So I'm curious about just pet peeves about um, you know, branding or images and, and what you were uh, aiming for in that transition. It's a lot of people, you know, you can look at something and say, okay, we need a refresh, but looking at where you're at and where you want to go, what does that process look like for y'all? Yeah. So for us, obviously the merger triggered the rebranding. Although I will say that our old logo, I was feeling a little like worn on it. Um, it was developed in 2006. So by 2018, we had a we had a good run at it. Um, I wasn't a fan of it. It looked very old. Um, but whenever I started the chamber, I definitely worked and in, walked into an old organization, um, and I wanted to change the dynamic. So I'm always looking for what's new, what's fresh, um, because I want us to reflect that. I want my community to reflect that. So my brand is indicative of the people I serve and the community I serve. Um, there's a lot of people in our town or our community that think the status quo is okay. It's not. And it's tough to make those people see that because until you've seen greatness, until you've traveled and seen somewhere else that's like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Until you've done that research, you don't know what greatness looks like. So they're okay with good. And one of my favorite quotes from um, a local businessman was, good is the enemy of great people think things are good this is good but they don't strive for greatness and i think that i choose to not let myself be just okay i not let our organization just be okay that we want better we want the best and i'm i'm a little selfish in that regard is that i do chase those sort of top notch top level things if i get halfway i'm better than where we started but I don't settle for just the baseline. Why would I? I mean, I, someone else can do this and just go base level engagement. No, let's go. Let's go for the best. Um, I believe in our community. I believe that we are one of the best in the state and I think it should look like that. And I think the brand that we've kind of put forth and the messaging we're putting out reflects the fact that, you know, Crowley is a certified retirement community. That sounds real cool, but if you're a young professional and you want to live in Crowley in this cute, quaint downtown, certified retirement community probably isn't going to get you there. But if we start to put out messaging that reflects that, hey, you know, greetings from Levy Park, the concert series that we created, you know, we don't hire the traditional band. We pull people from Austin and Nashville and Charleston. Um, we want that funky sound. We want people to think, huh this is new. This is different. And I think that's been a big part for us to change the dynamic of the thinking in the community is 
don't pigeonhole yourself into this one lane. And I think that's where we were before. It was, we're just this. Well, no, we're not just this. We can be more than this, but we got to create the messaging and the content and the imagery that makes people believe that. I mean, those old rice bins that I put up earlier, I mean, they're just rice bins, but when taken in an industrial cool format, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, those are cool. I mean, your cotton mill, it's, it's just an old cotton mill, but let's put a brewery in there and it's cool now, right? So I think it's about uh, just kind of taking things that are old and being a little more than just old. I love my community. I think it's, it's evident. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions for Amy? Look in here and see if I see any raised hands or anything. Okay. Yeah, again, I'm not an expert. I just, I've been through the trenches. I know what it's like. Um, I know what it's like to build a brand from the ground up. So if I can help you do the same, I'm always giving of my time and I will totally take your phone call and answer your questions. Amy, we super appreciate this. This was super informative. I took two pages of notes. Oh <laughs> I was very excited about this. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't think I was that interesting. Great job, guys. You did great. <laughs> so thank you again for being here today. Um, I know that everybody had a lot of good takeaways. Um, and for everybody who's sitting in on this one, um, I hope that you will all be at the next session at noon for the Startup and Grow process with the Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program. And don't forget to participate in your bingo. <laughs> and if you don't know what the bingo is, send me an email and I'll send you the card. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much.